I realized that actually designing is not a linear process. Mm. It's that's where people get tripped up because they think they need to have done all their survey work before they can have any ideas and they, you know, they can't do their implementation plan before they've got their design. But of course, these things all interconnect and, and, and re resonate and, uh, and inform each other. You know, what's really obvious to anyone that's done any permaculture designs is, is that it's the people that are the limit in the success of the design. I think naming your design is, is quite a, a, a useful step in the whole process and more, um, more of a potent step than people realize actually. Well, greetings and welcome on back to the Making Permaculture Stronger podcast with me, your host, Dan Palmer. And in today's episode, episode 59, I share a conversation from a few weeks back with the UK-based permaculture designer, author and teacher, Luby McNamara. Luby's been on my radar for a while and it was great to, to finally get her on the show um, and to get in resonance with Luby. Really, really fun emergent conversation as you'll find out and I'm also looking forward to a follow-up conversation we'll have in a couple of weeks uh, where we're going to do a deep dive into Luby's permaculture design web which is an approach to permaculture design process she's developed. Permaculture design process being a core focus of this podcast, of this project. Before we jump into the chat with Luby, I want to share a few updates. There's been lots been going on and there's lots kind of simmering inside me. I feel a lot a lot, a lot of energies are kind of percolating and, and about to erupt out <laughs> one way or another. So I want to give you some warning, I suppose. I'm feeling really fired up about what I call the living design process conversation inspired in part by a, an upcoming permaculture design process book called Building Your Permaculture Property by Robin Michelle Avis and Dakota Cohen. Uh, I chatted with Dakota in the last episode, as some of you will know, and you know, as grateful as I am for so much about the book, its clarity, it certainly takes the permaculture design process conversation forward a number of steps, I believe. I'm also inspired in that the book is, as uh, permaculture design process books in general, in my opinion, continue to manifest a basic underlying pattern and to work from a, this, what I see as the same basic assumptions or ideas that I'm really interested in disrupting and breaking and shifting and really opening up the conversation and inviting others into a conversation, finding others already in a conversation that starts from a radically different place. And for me, I've been using this phrase living design process as a, as a placeholder. The question in the conversation of what would it mean if, if the processes of creation we use on a daily basis to create anything, a, a permaculture landscape, a, a business, a, a relationship, a, a day in our life, a cake, a cup of coffee, whatever. <laughs> what would it mean if these processes, these daily processes of creation were themselves as alive as possible? And the, the, the question we started with was, how does the rest of life go about creating itself? And what can we learn about the underlying principles, characteristics, and patterns um, that we see in the creation processes all around us? And I, th I think it's a question that's largely been missed in the, in the certainly in the permaculture design process literature. And um, to me, it, it's one of the most exciting questions uh, on the planet right now and has deep relevance to so many um, topical relevant conversations. Anyway, if you happen to be stimulated, uh, interested in, in, in this conversation, in due course, I've got a couple of books one called Living Design Process and a new podcast and other things. So there'll be there's lots of stuff in the pipeline. If you're keen to get your teeth into this conversation, from my perspective in the meantime, one option is if you go to 
patreon.com slash making permaculture stronger you'll see one of the tiers there if you subscribe and support the project is you get to come along to a six weekly two-hour gathering where we're about to um, continue a deep dive into living design process which which is been under development for some years so there's kind of a lot of substance to it already and over the next year or two um, a small group of us will be traversing through this rather exciting domain and so whether or not that appeals to you I wanted to share that the conversation is happening the dialogue is happening and some some radically different offerings on the on the design process front are, are, are on the way um, something else that's been very alive for me is I've been putting a lot of energy into what I call holistic decision making running online courses which if you're interested in those check them out at holisticdecisionmaking.org and those are generating um, a growing community of folk that are really excited to be applying holistic decision making not only in their own lives but in a professional context so to work with organizations and farms and individuals and families and whatnot to support them to get focused um, to articulate core intent core values and then make daily decisions proactively make daily decisions that that bring reality into alignment with those and so if you're interested in that reach out and i can let you know what's what's going on i'm about to launch a couple of ongoing communities of practice both personal and professional where you can um, be supported to, to deepen your practice of holistic decision making all right well i think that's enough on what's been going on um, in relation to the project let's jump into the chat with luby thank you so much luby for making the time and i'm really looking forward to our upcoming conversation you can learn more about luby's fantastic work at lubymacnamara.com that's l-o-o-b-y-m-a-c-n-a-m-a-r-a.com and i will catch you in episode six zero all right well here we are back for another wonderful conversation and today i'm super pumped to be talking to luby mcnamara welcome luby thank you um, it's nice to be here yeah well after having heard your name for so many years and knowing amongst other things you're a deep thinker i mean even just the titles of some of your books seven ways to think differently people in permaculture cultural emergence i mean there alone is is, is enough interesting words to warrant a conversation so i'm excited to have you on the show and to hear about your journey with permaculture your relationship with permaculture and some of the exciting edges you've you've been exploring in the recent years if you're happy to kick off by giving us some context on on yourself your history you know maybe a little bit about how you got into relation with permaculture and where that stands now and then we can move our focus to some of your some of your the projects and and, and whatnot that you've been focusing on recently yes my journey started with permaculture in 1999 which doesn't sound that long ago to me but it is actually uh, over 20 years ago and i was really uh, inspired well the first time someone tried to explain it to me I didn't really understand it to be honest um, but I, they it was in the context of part of a um, an essay I was writing and they inspired me by showing me their garden and I was eating flowers from their garden it was really embodied inspiration rather than an intellectual inspiration and so while I didn't really understand what it was all about I it did inspire me to go on my permaculture design course and there I met with a whole group of like-minded people who were interesting and dynamic and it was this amazing collaborative learning experience that was super fun and engaging and it gave me hope although at that stage in my life I wasn't necessarily 
needing that hope but I was needing the community and I was needing the different way of learning because I was had been started you know going through mainstream education and so it was a real revelation to me that there was people say that were teaching that were saying yeah we don't know the answers but we've got these questions what does the group think which is a completely different way of of teaching from university where it's like these people have thought this reword it in your own words and and we'll mark the essay in this amount of words and so I was really it captured my imagination and my enthusiasm and that was what really then propelled me on the journey in going deeper into permaculture I at that time I didn't have a garden I didn't uh, you know have a land project so it wasn't so much the content of what I'd been taught that was inspiring it was more the process and the the energy behind it Mm. that really engaged me and was like yes this is exciting I want to be a part of this From there, at the end of my permaculture design course, um, we were invited to share what our long-term goals and visions would be and share it in a, in, a, in a way of just like, wouldn't it be fun if, not as a kind of a, a design or plan for, you know, it wasn't like you're committing to doing this or that you need to see this as possible, but just what do you think would be fun? And I was like, well, I've had so much fun here. Wouldn't it be fun to do, to teach permaculture? And then I could do this all the time. You know, this, that would be so much fun. And I, I said it kind of jokingly, really. But then from having said that aloud, then all these doors started opening for me within, within permaculture, within teaching that led me further on the path. It was just like, yes, great. I, I can do this. Yeah, wonderful. And then what were some of the steps that they happened from there? Well, uh, one of the things that I've really enjoyed about the permaculture movement is the people that are involved. And it is the people, I would say, that make the movement, that have directed it. And and I, I was really blessed that the people that were elders to me at the time in the permaculture movement, they volunteered to have me apprentice on their courses to come and teach with on courses that I was convening so there was a lot of gifting there that helped and a lot of openness so no words I went to a a teacher's meeting before permaculture convergence because I, I it was the day before and I was going anyway so I thought oh look I'll go along to that and and actually I was completely out of my depth because people were there having taught for a decade and really going into the detail of how to teach but they didn't turn around to me and go why are you here you know you don't know anything this isn't for you they were really like encouraging and like yes you can do this and what do you think and so that same mindset that had been present on my PDC was then present in the group of teachers that then enabled me to think yes I can do this I can be part of it and then it was just slow steps that were like, okay, well, then they told me about an adult learning course that uh, adult education course that I could do. And 
then my local college was offering that and but then if I did that then I needed to get some experience so then I had to go back to people and say can I come and teach on your course and and doing workshops at festivals and things and just slowly building up my confidence to do more more exciting things as things have developed and opportunities open themselves up so it's just been a really nourishing journey as well and and surprising that I haven't necessarily thought of the next steps but from from having done that exercise of what are my long-term goals and visions then that activity there's there's four questions which is like what's going well what's challenging what are your next long what are your long-term goals and visions and then what are your next achievable steps and those four questions which you answer and you're given um interruption free listening space what I've found over time is that if something's coming up then my long-term goals and visions to pay attention to it and to and if it comes up several times to really think I want this how do I then get this how do I move towards this and so it was the same when I was saying I started saying I'd like a book on people the people care ethic and was kind of looking out there for someone else might write the book and then it was like okay actually maybe I need to do this because I keep on saying that's my long-term goals and visions can I move it from long-term to medium-term to what's going well in my life you know Um, and so I did that and then and that gave rise to people and permaculture and then after that it was like actually I you know we've been wanting a a venue of our own a land center where we can live and grow food and host courses and that moved from long-term goals and visions to next achievable steps to what's going well Uh, and of course there's challenges in uh, every step of the way but we'd manifested that with Applewood Permaculture Centre in the UK here and so it really just knowing that process has really given me hope that the more things more we can vision what we would like to happen the more possibility it is of coming true when we recognize that that is where we want to move to in life whether that's individually or collectively then we can put our energy behind that and move towards there that in that direction and using the permaculture principles and design to help us to get there to go from like okay that's what I want to do what are the limits that I need to overcome what are the helps the resources that I can bring in how do I create an action plan what are the patterns that I need to deal with so all of these mm-hmm. parts of the design framework help us to move towards our visioning mm-hmm. that's beautiful what, what was the fourth there was what's going well goals and visions next steps what was the fourth one or actionable next steps so it's what's going well yeah what's what's challenging so giving voice to what's Mm. difficult and then long-term goals and visions and Mm. then what's your next achievable steps and i think that word achievable is so important Mm. like it's a real counterbalance to the 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 long you know long-term goals and visions where you can really be expansive and and share as much detail as you want and go wild and you know in the process we actually give twice as long to that question as any of the others and really encouraging more and more to come out Mm. whereas then the next achievable steps 
we actually try and encourage people to bring it down, take it, take it smaller and smaller. And, and really, even if you've only put one next achievable step there, that's really small, it might be make a phone call or send an email or get a notebook to start writing thoughts in for your epic novel that you're going to write you know, <laughs> yep. is like is like okay what is achievable here what what am I committing to do mm. so it's not you know fanciful it's and and then through taking that very small step and achieving it then we're creating a pattern of success mm. so it's mm. much better to have one small step that you do achieve and you create this pattern of success that then you can add another step to then saying, oh, I'm going to do these 10 things. And then even if you manage five of them, which was more than your one small step, it still like feels like you haven't done it because you only did half of what you said you were going to do. So um, so I'm, I really encourage people to go small with your next achievable steps. So go mm -hmm. big with your long term goals and visions and go small with your next achievable steps. Mm -hmm. Well, wow, that's, that's beautiful. I was feeling, as you were speaking earlier about your experience of being introduced to permaculture and just how God, it felt so um, gentle and inclusive and inviting and encouraging and nourishing. It was beautiful to hear that. And I, I, yeah, I, I really, really felt like that. I mean, one of the other things I didn't say about going to that teacher's meeting was that I actually had my three-month-old daughter mm. uh, along with me and it was such a beautiful experience to go to that convergence and have people help put up my tent to have people really asking how I was, how was my night's sleep, letting me go to the front of the food queue and holding my baby. And just, you know, there was just a lot of people care embedded in the event, even though it might not have been as obvious as the earth care workshops or the practical yep. things it was really it was really present there yeah definitely yeah yeah that's lovely that I, I imagine possibly other um listeners are feeling this too that that i certainly experienced some of that those, those energies although i'd say <laughs> there's some there's some slightly more harder edges too and aspects of it and along the way early on for me some more some more of the like here it is wrap your head around it now go out and do it by yourself kind of um, mentality and then I was lucky enough right. to bump, bump into the likes of Rosemary Morrow who represent a lot of those qualities for me definitely and I've I've had the fortune to teach with her she came to the UK before uh, the International Permaculture Convergence in 2015 and so I organized some courses for her and she came and we co-taught her teach training together and then I did another social permaculture course with Robin Clayfield and Starhawk and Peter Cam, Rabina McCurdy and we did this big event there when that was you know that was one of those moments where it was like wow, I can't really believe that because that was actually at the same venue at the Sustainability Centre where, where I did my PDC 15 years earlier, 16 years earlier. And it was like, wow, this, you know, this was the room where I voiced, wouldn't it be fun to be a permaculture teacher? And here am <laughs> I, you know, 16 years later in a room full of, on a course with 50 people, you know and amazing pioneers mm. from around the world it was mm. quite amazing yeah mm -hmm. that's so exciting well one thing i wanted to mention was just i was, I was also i was blown away and I, I imagine this is a case of the microcosm and the macrocosm in terms of 
um, your your work. You, you explain those four questions and then what they can lead to. Just so effort, it was just so kind of easy to hear and and you know made sense and and yet at the same time I was very well aware that there's a lot of um, depth there. You know, it's it's a profound invitation into a different you could say a, a, a different orientation to life than what a lot of us have been brought up with in, in terms of yeah not just not just fiddling with the surface details of what's happening now, not getting kind of sunk or or off track in terms of focusing all the problems. And and then that beautiful uh, complementarity sort of between the long-term, the details of the long-term vision, which by itself can be disempowering because it's so big and, and scary, and it, but then bring it down to that, that kind of really sharp, okay, what's something you can do tomorrow, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to acknowledge there's a, there's a lot of, um, yeah, the, the depth of the process thinking there really shone through and yet you made it so easy to understand. <laughs> yeah, and it, I mean, it, I, it's not my process. It's used in the permaculture diploma. And I think Andrew Langford, who now runs Gaia University, was one of the people that brought that process to, mm. um, to the diploma system here. And you know, one of the things I really love about it is that actually you, uh, there's a, another detail here is that mm-hmm. you say what's going well for me as a and then fill in the gap. So it could be what's going well for you as a diploma apprentice or what's going well for you as a permaculture teacher or what's going well for you as a mother or father. And and so you can, you know, or you can take it really wide and what's going well for me as a human being. Um, and so with that extra framing, then you can really like go into the detail and you can do this then with, it doesn't need to be permaculture people you do that this with, you can, you can answer what's going well for you as a permaculturist and they can go, well, what's going well for me as a musician, you know, and share time with that and something really powerful about giving voice to things and and being heard and listening mm, yes yeah that, ex- that experience of the pure receptive listening when when you get to the goals and visions part i'm sure is i, I know that's powerful for folk wow i'm actually being no one's laughing no one's you're looking at their watch that I'm, I'm being heard here and um suddenly that somehow yeah. makes it more real yeah and i think that's one of the most powerful things we can do as permaculturists actually and it's part of the cultural emergence toolkit is about listening and um, you know we often say permaculture is about observation and or, you know is that's key and fundamental to permaculture we're observing the land it's also how do we observe other people how do we really listen to them so that we are listening to their layers and we are allowing them to be authentic in their voice and that is a huge skill in itself and the more we can learn that and develop that and practice it as permaculturists the more our designs are going to be effective and potent and Mm. useful to people Mm -hmm. i'd love to move the focus part of me was just wondering (laughs) about applying this to where like i'd love to hear about what's going well for you in terms of where you see permaculture as being at and then what's challenging and, and what next steps you're currently taking towards your sense of what's possible for permaculture, which obviously includes well, the book. But. Yeah, I love this, actually. Um, my, my children do this to me often. Uh, you know, I'll be 
and they, they reflect back to me something that I'm teaching and like they'll suddenly go patent disruption mum you know come on deal with it <laughs> and I'll be like oh <laughs> okay <laughs> you're too quick at learning here so I love that you've reflected that back to me those these questions and mm, well I mean what's going well um yeah I mean maybe before we go to those qu mm. questions uh, maybe it's useful for me to frame cultural emergence into the um into the conversation as well mm, before be we great. then go into those questions because yeah. obviously that's that's part of it and is um definitely part of all four questions so my journey with started with people and permaculture where i was putting this um you know long-term vision out to to write about the people care ethic because i really saw that it was present, as I said, in this event. It was totally present there, people care. But in the literature, it's not really been written about. And um, and we, you know, what's really obvious to anyone that's done any permaculture designs is, is that it's the people that are the limit in the success of the design, whether that's your uh, your relationship with your partner or your the dynamics with your neighbor or some red tape like legisl legislation that gets in the way there's you there, there's something that's related to people that stops the effectiveness of any earth care strategies that we like to put in place so there's there's that side of it and then there's also the side that actually permaculture gives us so much more than we than on the land it has this huge potential and and reputation as well and, and his track history of changing people's entire outlook on life their entire life uh, lifestyle their entire personality it really does shake things up a lot more it, it creates these healthy vibrant proactive human beings as well as these healthy vibrant productive ecosystems and you know gardens and farms it it creates these productive healthy human beings so it's like how can we amplify that how can we share that process with more people so that they can they can follow it and also recognizing that actually there's a lot of people on, on the planet at the moment that don't have access to land and so for them earth care is once removed at best and so how do we make something that is directly relevant to them and every single person on the planet is involved firsthand with people care at the moment whether it's caring for yourself or often caring for other people and so that was that started the whole journey with people and permaculture to to really translate all these useful principles and design processes although I'd then created my own design process as an emergent thing that happened with people and permaculture but it was based on a lot of uh, learning through existing permaculture design frameworks and so my that was where people and permaculture came about and there and that was 2012 that that came in out into the world and the phrase social permaculture came from the US uh, like within a year or two after that 
And then seven ways to think differently was my response to this question, what is permaculture? That we're, you know, everyone that does permaculture is asked that question. um, And it's like, oh, where do I begin? And I, I say, well, it's, you know, it's the thinking that changes. And then what happens in our behaviors and our actions and our projects, that changes as a result of our thinking. And then... So that came out in 2014. And then in uh, 2016, just as we were manifesting the Applewood Permaculture Centre, we um, I was invited to collaborate with John Young. And for those of you that don't know him, he's from the States. He has a uh, he was mentored by Tom Brown Jr., who's a tracking expert, who's mentored by an Apache scout who so he's had this lineage um through indigenous wisdom and he was really involved in the wilderness awareness schools and deep nature connection and and culture repair so he's like asking the question well why aren't we all why aren't all cultures nature connected and so he was like at a point with his development where some of the structure and the tools and the design from permaculture was going to be useful um and well and actually this was seen by a mutual friend who saw that what what permaculture had to offer and specifically like the design web within people and permaculture would be useful to him and then she also saw that what was what he had to offer with the deep nature connection was going to be really valuable to permaculture and and to my work and so she put us in connection with each other and we decided yeah okay let's do something and we said and we both from the outset we kind of went well let's explore some edges here let's see what what happens from the combination of our work let's not just do you know teach a course where I do the morning and you do the afternoon and we go home just having learned a bit of what each other does and shared what we do but it's like we were we we set out the intention to go into the unknown to actually mix these things together and see what emerged from that to 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 use emergence in this process and so that's where cultural emergence has come from, from using his his expertise and experience on deep nature connection and using the eight shields map of, of connection to and, and then using the design web for uh, for culture, you know, cultural emergence designs and then adding in the layers of awareness of culture and systems thinking and and into that. And so we've got culture, systems, design and connection, which makes quite potent um potent mm. mix really and and he had lots of you know core routines deep nature connection and so we asked ourselves well what would be the core routines or the practices or the habits of uh cultural shifts or facilitating cultural shifts what what and kind of elucidating a lot of the work that we already do and then as you know in permaculture we love principles so then it was like well, what would be the principles of cultural emergence then? And mm-hmm. that was like, oh, okay, I'm playing with those and playing with the poetics of them as well. And so that's what, you know, but that's been evolved since 2015. And then last year, um, the I spent 
I completed and published the, um, my book, Cultural Emergence. Uh, it was one of those things that was, you know, when the pandemic hit, it was like, where do I put my attention? And it was like, well, there's all sorts of directions, but let's finish what I'm doing already because that seems appropriate for this time in this emergent time that we're living in. So sorry, that was a quite a long story to get us to where to cultural emergence. That's fantastic. I, I wanted to say I, I know a little bit about John Young and I've done a I did a tracking workshop with Tom Brown Jr. that was a extraordinary experience and it's mm. seen a lot of reverberations through a lot of things, my, my, including my work with permaculture. But yeah, I, I just I just looked up if anyone's keen to, to go and check him out right now, johnyoung.online. And I've got I've got friends in Australia who are who are, I think they're organizing to bring John there for the first Art of Mentorship Village gathering or, or whatever. Anyway, and I'd heard before that you had done some collaboration and I was extra excited when you talked about how you moved out of that pattern of, you, you know, you share a bit of your stuff, I'll share a bit of mine and that'll be nice too. Let's let's kind of lean in here and, and, and discover something new, you know, the idea of an authentic yeah. dialogue where, where, where you... We go on with that intention. That's, um, that's beautiful. And can you just remind me, you had the four, there was culture... Uh, I think you said systems. Yeah, so culture, systems, design, and yep. connection. Design and connection. And those are those are like the keystone practices there. Okay. So awareness of culture. Yep. And sensing systems, and they those four things just interact on such a deep level. Is you know, it's like where we do these designs, thinking that we we know what we're doing as designers but there's a whole level of cultural parameters expectations phobias um, preferences all of these things that actually just impact our design and if we don't pay attention to them then our design can end up being completely meaningless mm -hmm. Um, because you know it's someone's like yeah but you just you know you're just so outside of my cultural comfort zone that I'm not going to uh, implement this but I also don't know how to tell you that there's no way <laughs> that I can do this you know um, because I'm not aware myself that you've just stepped beyond my parameter cultural yeah. parameters and and so these th th those as four keystone practices they they were part of what emerged in the collaboration is that right or are they something that, you, that emerged for you in the, um, in the recent book well 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 uh, you know John, John had already been doing you know that been doing the connection practices and developing that I'd already been doing and focusing on on the design and design web yep culture and systems were were a part of what we were talking about but it's how they've all come together yes. that has been really significant and emergent. And and this is this is addressed in the book, is that right? In the cultural emergence book. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So these these practices and then uh, all the, you know, each of those four that I've just mentioned have quite a chunky, you know, sort of 30, 40 pages on them and yep. and then and then there's other practices in there as well, which um, we're, 
and and then all the principles so yeah there's there's a lot in the book <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wonderful I, I appreciate frameworks distinctions and, and playing with things and always 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 find some new angle or something of value so i'm looking really looking forward to exploring those more playing around with them and and in particular the i wanted to mention the permaculture design web which you which you develop which really excites me because that's the huge process, uh, focus of mine is permaculture the, health, the dynamics of healthy permaculture design process and and like others in your own way it sounds like you've you've realized well there's not something that's really there that seems that really works for me so I, I'd, I'd like to make an offering here and it, if it works out in this conversation it, it'd be awesome to explore that a little bit more and maybe we could have a, a graphic of it on the show notes um, sort of thing yeah sure let's yeah let's provide a graphic of that that'd be wonderful and so that would be an option to, to dive into that a little bit. Or would you like to speak to those 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 questions as as a next step? I feel like we haven't explored them yet. So should we go for the questions? Let's do it. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. So that so now having given a context around cultural emergence, now is and it, and it's an interesting question here this like what's going well for me as a what's the as a as a permaculture teacher as a cultural emergence um person as a an author as a facilitator um i let's leave that open and see where it goes um with all of those hats in place so what's going well for me well i you know it seems like the perfect time for change on the planet at the moment for everyone opening up to these wide possibilities of what can happen uh, both in our own lives, in our families, in our communities, all the way up to international politics. It's like there's, there's just this huge opening of possibilities mm. that we can step into um and and there's you know the shift over the last year from face-to-face things to online has given this global connective field that i think we can uh, as a permaculture movement as cultural emergence movement we could utilize that even more than uh, than we are at the moment mm-hmm. it, it is the conversations are coming through um, and I think we could even strengthen those networks. And that's part of what I see with cultural emergence is that it is this mycelium connecting networks of change makers and the permaculture movement being a network of change makers, but there are many more networks of change makers and that if, you know if there were more more people using the toolkit with connection practices with you know awareness of culture systems and design wow that's you know that's just a huge possibility Mm. um and maybe i'll come back to that within the long-term goals and visions and so with so i see that as a real positive and i think that um also during this time I think people have leaned into the more than human world leaned into nature connection in a much deeper way than than they have previously because we've been in one place because we've had less 
noise of other people around us, less, you know, social commitments to make, we've gone, ah, okay, actually, let's listen to the birds. Let's, you know, let's notice um, the, you know, the dandelions flowering in the pavement because I'm walking the same path every day. So I'm noticing more things. So I think that's going well, uh, you know, for myself personally, uh, you know, I'm very blessed with where I live and the health of my family and health of myself. And so, and, uh, you know, my work being able to move to online. So I, I feel like I'm very blessed and very fortunate and I'm grateful for that every day. Yeah, I think that's my what's going well. Um What's challenging? Well, I find that one of the challenges within my work, so starting there, um, is that permaculture is still this niche activity. It's still believed as permaculture. That's about gardening, isn't it? And it's quite hard to explain permaculture. And then it's quite hard to explain cultural emergence as well and to to give the sort of the one sentence what is cultural emergence um in a in an understandable way that makes it achievable for people and i think you know i think in terms of what's challenging as well the the different perceptions of of where we can go where we can go as humanity and what's happening and like the you know some of the things that have been happening happening politically around the world have just been shocking um you know the basic rights for protest and have been taken away and all sorts of erosions of policies that have happened over the last year that have really marginalized people even more and because we haven't had that uh, here in the UK anyway we haven't had that opportunity to just go out and meet people out in the streets and have conversations and that a lot of things have been sneakily done actually mm-hmm. here which is which then also erodes our hope and our empowerment and our motivation uh, and I see that a lot with people we can you know people just and and getting caught up in the divisiveness of like you know it's not just pro this and anti that which maybe like with something like Brexit it was kind of quite easy to fall into one camp or the other with with the pandemic it seems like we're splitting into more and more different cliques and different groups and you can kind of have your own personal combination of pro this anti this pro pro this not sure about this um you know and and so that's you know that's quite hard and i i think i think actually the permaculture movement's done quite well to steer clear of those um those dynamics and to not put a flag in the sand and say yes we're pro this or anti this so I think that's actually quite positive that we haven't done that um as a as a whole as a movement as a community although I know that individuals may well have done that hmm yeah so I think it's the 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 challenges are around people grasping this this opportunity and seeing Mm. permaculture as 
and, and cultural emergence as this invitation for them to get involved and and this potential for all of us to stand up to do things grassroots to speak up to make change to say yes we have solutions come on let's implement them which then does lead me nicely into the long-term goals and visions of, of for permaculture and cultural emergence and i think you know for cultural emergence i would like it to be seen as this like essential reading for change makers and for us to actually broaden the definition of change makers as well so it is you know it's for everyone that's trying to make a difference on the planet whether you're trying to make a difference in your family in your own life in your communities in your groups in your workplace in global policy you know where are you trying to make a difference let's use the toolkit so it's really about using it really about diving in and saying okay I'm in this situation at the moment what's you know what maybe I'm maybe I'm in conflict in my family for example what's you know looking at that what would what's happening in in the conflict in my family and maybe you know pulling out one of the core routines and going okay leveling privilege how could I use this core routine of leveling privilege in my family how can I acknowledge what the imbalances of privilege are there and so how can I support there to be a more leveling of decision making and responsibility and whatever it is whether it's more equal shares on chocolate who knows Mm. um (laughs) but you know so to actually really think consciously about whatever it is that's going on and where people want to go and to engage everyone in this long-term visions and goals what do you want to be and really to to allow that possibility of the seemingly impossible which is one of the principles of cultural emergence that actually there is this possibility of these quantum shifts these radical revolutions that happen and they happen around us all the time so much that we don't uh, we don't even recognize them as these quantum shifts or radical possibilities like when a seed cracks open and germinates that's emergence that is incredible if you didn't know that that was going to happen you'd be looking at this tiny little seed and someone would tell you yeah it grows into this huge you know oak tree from that acorn and you'd be like what (laughs) (laughs) totally yeah it's 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 literally miracle unfolding before our very eyes and we've forgot stop seeing it as such yeah so let's see that that miracle of life and to actually think well this might look like this absolutely tiny seed in my life at the moment this like this tiny seed of wanting to become a permaculture teacher or writing a book or getting some land or you know becoming a musician or writing poetry or whatever it is that you know learning to cook or foraging whatever it is that you're like hey that would be exciting to do you know put that seed in water 
and even just voicing it out loud like this is like just get is like getting it out of the seed envelope the seed packet that's been at the bottom of the basket for years and you're not sure if it will germinate anymore but you get it out and you think well let's try let's put it in the soil and see what happens and so that's what you're doing with this process is just like let's just get it out and put it in the soil and see what happens and and so wouldn't it be amazing if everyone just got their seeds out got their long-term visions out and just voiced them and and see yeah see what happens from that yeah, I love that. I love that phrase, by the way. I'd seen that from you somewhere. The poss- I don't know if I've got it right here, but being open to the possibility of the seemingly impossible. Yeah, and that seemingly is really um, important because we do get caught up in like, no, that will never happen. And actually, who's to say what context will shift? And that's what I was saying that during this pandemic time, actually what we've seen is all these things that we've been told were impossible like you know it would be impossible to stop people flying and would be impossible to do this and to do that and it's like well you've just done that (laughs) you know or we or the equivalent of it or something different but it's you know made us realize actually there's a lot of things that are would be possible with political will yeah, so I think, you know, imagining in my long-term goals and visions would be seeing permaculture and cultural emergence moving into different areas. So uh, as well as more people coming into permaculture and being like, okay, I, you know, I'm a healthcare worker. I want to find out about permaculture and and be and then come along to permaculture events and courses and things it's also then about actually how could that healthcare worker or that teacher or that business person take permaculture take cultural emergence take these tools into their context into their their culture into their uh, workplaces families and make a difference so that they're bringing those nutrients from the permaculture movement and and exporting them and mm-hmm. taking them with them giving that yeah, so that then they start shifting the cultures that they're a part of which is slightly different framing as well from the you know conversation that we often have of like how do we get more people involved in permaculture it's like how do we actually export permaculture and this is you know the name of your podcast here is making permaculture stronger it's like how do we yeah all of those um strands going out are really like anchoring permaculture and strengthening it so well what i've heard so far is like the idea of in terms of your long-term goals and visions or maybe some of them aren't so long-term, but um, cultural emergence being seen as essential reading for change makers and, and the whole idea of what a change maker is even sh- shifting and broadening and, and more widespread use of the, the toolkit, including that, the principle of the, the possibility of the seemingly impossible and then permaculture and cultural emergence moving into different areas. Like we were just talking about um, this idea of exporting permaculture nutrients into yeah. different domains. Mm. 
Yeah, thank you. That's, a, that's a, also a powerful part of the process. It's when you hear your long-term visions echoed back to you. So you did that mm. intuitively. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, um, yeah, that that makes it, that that just, just adds some water onto the seed there. And, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Well, I'd be happy if those things were moving forward. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One one more thing to add in there is is about the youth and about the elders and about the minorities and and just actually moving moving into those edges and really valuing the wisdom that those that those edges have and really you know how we described my my experience at the permaculture convergence of this gentle, welcoming, nourishing um, event that really inclusive, really supported me as as a young mother. And how can we do that the same thing and not for just in events, but how can we make the whole movement feel welcoming and supportive to all these different voices and to be able to hear from the youth to be able to hear from the elders and the minority groups and the and you know I'm, I'm aware that English is a, a privilege that not everyone has other you know there's other languages as well that are um, you know that we need to hear the worldview expressed in those languages that's an interesting sort of vision to hold there that we that we make permaculture accessible and valuable for everyone mm, yes yeah so then the next question of the what are the next achievable steps and this is where it's like whoa okay <laughs> uh, so we want to uh, connect with every single change maker on the planet and uh, give everyone every single person on the planet a voice okay next achievable step um oh <laughs> where do we start <laughs> um, mm, um i like that we've got you know podcasts and videos and social media and books and films and all these different learning styles that we've got um, for people to engage with. And I think that's part of the importance of it. So art and, um, you know, songs like Charlie McGee does with Formidable Vegetable Sound System. And, um, you know, they're so powerful. And Brenna Quinnan with her permaculture illustrations, so powerful to be reaching people in these different formats whether it's courses books free resources just sharing them out um i i'm currently yeah so so it's quite like oh where do i start with this next tuple steps because there's so many next tuple steps i've already got planned um that i don't really kind of want to add anything else into them but, um, <laughs> but one of the things that I am working on which is kind of an overarching um, design here which it started out uh, I was calling it like my outreach design like how you know how am I sharing things in 
social media and how am I connecting with people? And uh, I, I was always intending to rename this design because I think naming your design is, is quite a, a, a useful step in the whole process and more, um, more of a potent step than people realize actually. And so while I've been thinking about this design, I, I like to use one-sided paper and just see what's on the other side as a kind of bit of a ra random assembly game of like, can, you know, the, the, uh, the, what's on the other side give me inspiration for what I'm doing at the moment? Mm. Um, you know, whether it's a, an old tax return or, uh, you know, in this case, it was um, it was something from my daughter when she was like, must have been very tiny. So, um, you know, can you do these words? And it was a um, it was a, a ship, picture of a boat on on like with waves underneath it. And I, so I I was just like, right, draw you know, trace the outline from this picture, and. Um, and then see what comes and and then I was like with the waves I was like ah oh, you know this is what we want I want out and to send out into this world these waves of encouragement and these waves of nourishment and these waves of emergent wisdom to come through and so this design is called making waves and um that yeah so maybe my next achievable step is to just carry on with that design and to yeah just to um, to maybe look at one more anchor point of that design and to continue to just bring that into another next achievable rather than finish the design to actually just say, okay, I'm going to do one more anchor point of that design. So the anchor points are the the 12, there's 12 anchor points for the design web that hold the design together. So that will be my next achievable step to do one one more anchor point to my making waves design mm. and and the making and so this is the this is the design for what you'll then implement in terms of social media yes yeah, so yes and looking at that in terms of all of my outputs and all of the different ways people can connect with me like yes. with, yep. you know so this podcast is definitely part of that making waves and the social media and the courses and the books and all the different possibilities that people have of engaging with my work and then obviously that's uh, you know uh, within the context of this wider permaculture movement and cultural emergence movement um so yeah many waves and and seeing this possibility of these waves actually bringing us into alignment and connection and like mm. this seeing this possibility of you know what's happening on the planet just to sort of zoom out a little bit now is that we're so out of alignment we're out of alignment with each other we're out of alignment with ourselves we're out of alignment with the planet in a very big way and and that has come home, you know, in an embodied way now with everyone with the pandemic. It's like we're out of alignment. That is the message. How do we come into alignment? Yeah. Um, so the waves are, are 
while while on one level you could see them as just kind of pulsing out social media posts or whatever but actually it's like this kind of co-regulation that's coming about that if we can um support ourselves and come into alignment more with other with other people that that alignment then gives us strength and that you know if you imagine making waves you know the more the there's a timing and a pulse there isn't there between if you're just ma- you know making a wave I mean, you probably have more access to waves and beaches than me. Um, Maybe maybe you can continue with that metaphor for me. Well, yeah, well, you're right. I'm very close to one of New Zealand's, um, well, I'm not really a surfer, but I think it's a premier surfing beach (laughs) called a Hopi. But um, I mean, I'm always uh, conscious of the the double side of, on the one side, metaphor is so useful and powerful and necessary on the other hand, you know, can carry us. But I think it's it's so much fun to play and explore. As you're talking, I was thinking about how that there's that rule of thumb that every seventh wave is the biggest, or something. You know that every every wave is wave is not uniform. They come in sort of groups. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I will, I will play with the wave pattern. Maybe the pattern mm. anchor point is calling me with the. What, what do the what does the pattern of waves teach me about this design? So, mm. Thank you. And I, I was going to say it did completely slip my mind that as you're talking, it's like of course, of course, this very conversation is an is an achievable next step <laughs> that that's totally yes. in line with with those those goals and visions. We should check in in terms of timing. I'm I'm really I'm feeling a lot of will for um, a conversation, which potentially is, is is another conversation. But to really dive into the design web, it was it was great to have you just mm-hmm. touch on it. The idea of anchor points, and 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 I remember when I I um I opened people it's people in permaculture, isn't it? Where it appears, is that right? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and um, when I first encountered it, I'm so used to um, design process portrayals, kind of following a pretty predictable formula and yours in many in a lot of ways yours bucked the trend you know it, it, was, it was a different kind of offering which excited me and, and I'd love to explore that and you know like th- the, the the aspects of it the ideas behind it and the um the applications if you're up for it but, but I mean yeah my sense is probably that would be a, a pretty rich conversation in its own right yeah yeah I think um just as I think what in terms of sort of bucking the trend I actually started the design web thinking okay let's see if we can make a an acronym here that you know that serves the purpose and and then through that process I realized that actually designing is not a linear process Mm. it's that's where people get tripped up because they think they need to have done all their survey work before they can have any ideas and they, you know, they can't do their implementation plan before they've got their design. But of course, these things all interconnect and, and, and re- resonate and, uh, and inform each other. Um, yeah, it feels, it feels like um, it would be great to come back with my making waves design and to share that and mm, to yeah. see how that um, 
how that could then resonate with listeners and we could have more making waves designs going out into the world mm-hmm. that that i feel excitement as you're um yeah as you're sharing that i also had had the impulse because because i this, this is one of my main passions is, is, is process and so i'm really excited mm-hmm. to engage with innovative um i don't know process uh cre- creatives developers innovators like yourself and because i've done a lot of work on this space and have lots of thoughts of my own um is it'd be amazing if we could find a note where it's where it's about exploring the web and, and supporting folk to get clear on that and also be open to that emergence that you experienced with john young of of you know like where perspectives meet and i i just feel like even as you're talking i just feel like even the beginnings of of some new thoughts that i hadn't had before anyway so i really, yeah. really look forward to that yeah i do enjoy these emergent spaces where wisdom just comes through and these bubbles of excitement and inspiration and new ideas happen yeah yeah that's right i was just realizing that one of my goals and visions has been around one of the things i'd like to bring into permaculture more is is really like like respectful collegial and yet critical discussion and exploration rather than you know here's my design process here's yours design process here's your design process we'll you know we'll say yep great and write write an endorsement for each other's processes or something like that as well as that have have those conversations where the where emergence is happening you know because i feel i feel like it's so core to what permaculture is about that that to, to be able to participate in and keeping emergence alive inside of permaculture can only be good. To Definitely, which <laughs> kind of brings us back full circle to my experience of the permaculture design course, my first one, where yeah. it was this emergent process, this collaborative um, process that brought through the emergent wisdom of the group that in ways that the teachers couldn't have foresaw and they mm. set a context for it but it's like the you know sort of the the invitation for a potluck meal it's bring a dish you you know you'll get food you don't know what kind of food you'll get and maybe you'll get all puddings or um, <laughs> something but um but usually it works out pretty darn well and, the, and you think wow I, I would never have thought to put this you know this beetroot curry along with some coleslaw and you know and and soup you know like I'd never cook those things together at home like why would I but and wow amazing and and that same thing happens in the classroom and then with it with the permaculture design course the teachers the facilitators put out the call it's like bring a dish you know bring your wisdom bring your life experience bring your stories and let's see what happens, you know, and yeah, let's see yeah. how your experience as a hairdresser responds to your experience, you know, as a mother and, and your experience as a gardener. And let's see what happens when we put all those life experiences and skills together. Fully. Yeah. I know, I know from my own experience that can be scary at first as a, as a, in, when I'm holding educational spaces, Right. Um, particularly because at the start, I, I had all these beautiful answers, right? I had all these pretty well-packaged <laughs> answers and, you know, was, I, I, I wanted to share them to get across that I deserve to be the teacher and all that stuff kind of coming right. up the other side of that, which did, which involved going through some fear for me. And what will people think if I just suddenly asking them questions, they'll think I'm an idiot and ask for their money back and all that stuff to realize that 
um, it's an art, it's something to learn, but the, the power there yeah, and the emergence of, of kind of giving people back the access to the fact that, you know, that they already have the, um, the capacity, you know, to, to explore questions and find their own answers. And yeah, sure, you know, be, be supported by each other, but, it, but to move out of that, that very traditional one way um, I'm going to, you know, the course is a conduit for me to shoot my answers down the pipe into your brain. Game, game over. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that, and what a gift to give someone that to, for them to leave the course thinking, Hmm, I had an interesting thought, mm. Mm. you know, just like, I, you know, I, I shared something interesting. I, you know, someone was interested in what I had to say. Wow. I mean, for some people, it's literally that is mind blowing. And, you know, yeah. something that they may have not had in 16 years of schooling or however long they've they had at school. They may not have had that once that feeling that, huh, I said something interesting <laughs> that people wanted to hear. They may not have ever had that at school, That's, that, which is quite a sad is, um, yeah. state of yeah. affairs for our education, which is why I think that, you know, what permaculture, if permaculture kind of thinking and education and philosophy went, get got exported into the schooling system, that could really transform things. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, Luby. All right, well, let's call it a, uh, or I'd welcome you to, um, well, to ask any questions that, <laughs> you know, that haven't been asked or anything that you'd like to, to round this off with. But I'll be really mm -hmm. excited to book in a follow-up. And I think we've done a, it feels like a lovely setup for me, you know, to, to, just to get in with, rapport with each other and um, yeah. get a sense of, of, of your, your universe. And it was, it was a real privilege. Thank you so much for, for having that fallout where you you were not only able to share those four questions we started with but to embody um using them in, in the moment i'm sure i mean certainly myself i'm going to sit down and um, go through them myself and hopefully some listeners out there will be inspired to do the same but was there anything you wanted yeah, to lovely. share so, to at home yes just if you are at home um you know well lots of us are at home but for those of you that are listening um do uh, do those four questions for yourself and uh, you know you can do them on the phone to a friend you can do them in your notebook you can do them about anything what's happening in your garden your family whatever um, and they can really open up spaces if you're in your family as well and just if you are doing them with someone just remind them that it is interruption free space um, so even if you go quiet, you don't know what you're going to say for what's, um, you know, what you're, uh, what's challenging at the moment or something, you just allow that space. And it's good to do like two minutes on each of the questions and give yourself double time, four minutes for the, what your long-term goals and visions are and to allow that silence because that silence will just allow for deeper thoughts to come up so yeah great if all the listeners out there are um thinking about their long-term goals and visions i think then we've we've achieved what we wanted to do which was to engage everyone in their long-term goals and visions so perfect loop there thank you thank you you know 
as I said, can't oh, really can't wait <laughs> to dive into the design web next time. Thanks again, Luby. Thanks for your time and thanks for all the great work yeah. you're doing in the world. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.